Anyone's Game podcast. Following women's football. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Anyone's Game podcast. I'm Robbie Hunratty and joining me today are Hamilton Ake's stars Lucy Sinclair and Nicholas Sturrock, as well as Anyone's Game pundit Peter Quinn. How's it going, folks? Hiya. Yeah. How are you? Yeah, very well. Great to have you on the podcast. Glad to be here. So we'll start as we love to do here on the Anyone's Game podcast with the getting to know you questions. And we'll start with you, Lucy. Where are you from originally? Uh, Scotland, Glasgow. What part of Glasgow? More specific. <laughs> um, I'm from Hargate, so Claybank. And what was life like growing up there? Was you playing football on the street a lot? Yeah, I was playing pretty much from a young age. My cousin, who was just a couple years older than me, used to always just play with him and just wanted to play football. But yeah, it was good. And what about you, Nicola? Where are you from originally? So I'm a West Lothian resident um, from West Calder originally, um, and I now stay not too far from there within West Lothian. I think the last time Peter and I did a podcast together, it was also with a West Lothian girl, Hayley Lauren. Yeah. So keeping up that trend and what was life like growing up there was you playing a lot of football in the streets yeah a lot, a lot of football uh, in the streets I think I changed kind of generation now um, but yeah I was certainly from that generation I've been out playing in the streets um, until you know coming home from school and then until it was too dark to see so growing up uh, who were your kind of football and idols football and heroes uh, Nicholas and first. growing up um, my football and idol growing up was actually Henrik Larson a massive Larson fan. Um, yeah, me too. Just a, a proper finisher. So yeah, that was my my hero growing up. Still is to this day. He's a, a baller. Messi. Um, he's been my favourite since I was young. It's my favourite number because 10's my favourite number because of him. Just an unbelievable player. So for you, I take it the Messi Ronaldo debate. There's no debate to be had there. No, no? question about that. No. Lucy, you'll be after my strip number soon. Need to watch my back. I, <laughs> I was like, see, Lucy, uh, have you ordered your? PSG top already with Messi on the back. I, I don't know how I feel about that yet. Give me a wee bit to digest the fact that he's left and then we'll see what happens. <laughs> Were you a bit of a Barcelona fangirl because Messi was there? Pretty much the main reason they actually supported them because Messi was there and then obviously now he's left. It's just kind of like, oh, still support them. They're still one of my teams, but obviously since he's there, he's not there, it's kind of not as interesting. Yeah, fair enough. Well, Barcelona done pretty well without him at the weekend, so we'll move, we'll move on. Bad. We'll move on to Nick Clark with our favourite question we always like to ask people. What would your dream five-a-side team be with players you've either played with, against, or if you must, admire? And you can be in it if you want, or you could be the coach. Um, five-a-side team, I'll probably be the coach on this one. Um, so start strong at the back it'd have to be Rachel Harrison and goals uh, Spartan goalkeeper she's a good friend of mine um, solid keeper I'm, I'm a midfielder by trade so it'll probably be a, a heavy midfield team um, Amy Anderson previous Hamilton captain good ball player would have her in there um, Christy Murray played kind of against her alongside her in my younger days at Celtic um, very very good technical player uh, how many is that I'm on three Another yeah. two, um, defensively, I would have probably Megan Quinn in there, another Aki's legend, um, left-footed player, got to balance the team out, you know. <laughs> and then forward player, um, I would probably go for Sarah Ewans. 
um, former Celtic player who's just went down south, um, kind of played alongside her briefly in my younger days at Spartans. Um, very talented player and she's just a natural goal scorer. Yeah, you, you okay. sum up nicely. I, I, was, I was waiting to say that. Um, that's a very big feat for uh, Birmingham City getting Sarah Ewans and Lisa yeah. Robertson. I think Scott Booth must still be under contract with Glasgow City because he's not raiding his old club, he's raiding the rival. Yeah. Very, very good five-a-side team. And now we'll move to you, Lucy, with your five-a-side team. Oh, God. Um, well, I made my first debut um, for Glasgow City. So I guess I'll probably just end up stealing most of their team. Um, right. So keeper would be Lee Alexander. Defence, you would... Um, I'd go Leanne Ross. Um, I'm trying to think of other teams. I don't just pick Glasgow City teams. Um, midfielder would have to be Joe Love without a question of a doubt played at that many levels and obviously I'm a younger player so the only real team that I've actually fully played with is either Motherwell Hamilton or Glasgow City the rest were all youth players so if, you, if I was doing it off my own age you probably wouldn't know, know half of the players that I've actually played with but we'll keep going I would say Kirsty Howitt would be my striker and then I would probably go with just give them as wingers and do Nick Dock and Rachel McLaughlin. Um, McLaughlin, that's it. Yeah. Rachel McLaughlin, that would be my team. I love that you've actually gone like a formation as well, like wing backs. And... <laughs> I was just trying to think nobody, of what I could do. And I was like, nobody oh, plays formations in five or sides. Five or sides, it's just going anywhere. Just run about. Nobody even plays a keeper half the time when um, guests on this podcast pick their teams. It's just any woman safe. That's what you try to do. You try to avoid going in goals when you play fives. You know, I'd quite like to see these two teams go head to head. That would be, be a decent match. That's, that's two solid sides, considering we've, we've had some up and down ones so far in the podcast, but that, that's that's two strong sides we've got there. We've had someone pick your favourite player, Messi, in the podcast before, but I think they may be misinterpreted the question. So, girls, <laughs> I can imagine the atmosphere at Hamilton Arcades must be really positive at the moment after securing promotion to the Estimate PL1 over the summer. How do you feel about that, Nicola? Yeah, I think like the camp's a really positive place to be just now. You know, having been in the squad personally for the last couple of seasons, you know, we came so close last year and then COVID kind of disrupted everything and we missed out on promotion. And so to kind of get over the line um, a couple of months ago there, it was like, I don't know if relief's the right word, but it's a really positive place. And, you know, on a personal level for me, like I've kind of like SWPL and football has kind of eluded me for so long. So to kind of be part of a, a squad that's competing at that level is, you know, really like a proud moment for me in that personal level but as a, a team and as a club like delighted to to be in SWPL1 and I think it's you know rightfully so I think the club's where you know we should be on merit it's going to be a tough season but yeah positive environment I would say I definitely since I came in the girls are so nice so welcoming genuinely it's been brilliant and that goes for the coaching staff as well in terms of the tempo that they set and training as well of just being just being able to be nice and actually tell you what to do and things and give you advice and such it's been brilliant and obviously after the game at the weekend obviously it's still a win and three points but not a game we would have wanted to play or that style of play we wanted to have done but the week previously against Spartans that was a really good environment to be in the way that the players all felt and as a team we felt after that game was was pretty good. Yeah, and also in terms of in terms of last season, you mentioned in the past that you've come close and not quite got over the line and got that promotion. What do you think made the difference last year in that team, Nicola? Um 
I think the experience of like going through that, like being so close and then, you know, the way we missed out on the promotion last season, like right down to the wire. And we had everything to do last game of the season, like last season, when we went away to play against Kilmarnock and, you know, had the league was in Hearts' hands and we knew that we needed a result elsewhere and to go and win ourselves. And so it just, it was just a horrible feeling after that game. And I think that having like a core of the squad that had went through that, you know, when it came to the run-in, you know, COVID disrupted everything and the squad worked so hard as, as I know clubs across the country but you know from being in our camp the number of zooms that, that the, the strength and conditioning guys did and you know, girls were out running and just when we came back on pitch from COVID it was just like like this is it you know the last kind of 18 months is leading up to this kind of eight game running um, and I think that that kind of momentum carried us over the line and it, it kind of it probably helped in a way that the games were so thick and fast you know it was like I think eight games condensed into like a four-week period um, which was so tough physically on the squad but I think that it, it didn't really give us a chance to like stop and rest on our laurels it was like right we've won that game that's now out of mind we're on to the next game like it's three points right we go again um, the four weeks just were like a blur and then like kind of before we knew it it was like the last game of the season and um, yeah it was like just such a nice feeling to kind of to finally get there and to do it at home and to have like fans there as well after not being able to have fans at games and stuff like that so yeah it's just a really nice end to it Do you feel like that having so many games coming thick and fast condensed into a month period do you think that brought you closer as a team? Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, we had like a couple of injuries, like I myself was injured during that run-in, so I didn't really play as big a part as I'd hoped to um, on the pitch. But that being said, like there was still a role to be played off the pitch and it was really like a team effort, like everybody kind of had to pull together and everybody had a part to play, whether you were a starter or coming off the bench or you were injured. And, and that goes down, as Lucy touched upon as well, we've got a really supportive backroom staff and you know they were like crucial during that eight week like the eight game period just supporting and, and keeping everybody going and um, so yeah I definitely think that it helped <laughs> would I want to do it again or would the girls want to do it again maybe have to ask them that but <laughs> I'd imagine it probably be not anytime soon definitely and you speak about winning that final game gets come on it having fans there I've seen an interview I think you done and you said celebrations were wild just describe your celebrations. What was it like in the dressing room and everything? Was you out afterwards celebrating? Oh, it was just like when the full-time whistle went, it was just like ecstatic because it had been like so long. And, and it was nice, like, they, you know, they made a couple of subs towards the end of the game to get like girls like myself and a couple of others like onto the pitch. And it was just nice to like be part of that moment. And then, yeah, afterwards, we just kind of like as a, a squad kind of got together and yeah, it wasn't anything too wild. But yeah, no, it was good. Obviously, like, it's difficult, you know, at that point, you're still like within kind of COVID restrictions and stuff. So I guess on that sense, it, you know, in comparison to what it, it would have been like, you know, pre-COVID, you know, it definitely would have been, you know, a, a wilder celebration. But no, just the, the feeling on the pitch afterwards was was brilliant. Last season, Dundee United and Partick ran you close. It was quite competitive, SOPL2. You, Nicola, obviously, just been announced in the last week. Partick, who finished third, is now going to be promoted as well to the top flight in fourth's expense. How do you feel about that? Um, no comment. <laughs> no, I'm kidding on. Um, listen, it's it's never nice to see a team um, fall away as fourth or have. And I think especially, you know, being kind of one of the older players, I guess, within the league, like fourth have been a kind of standpoint in the league for such a long time and um, they've got a great youth set up etc so I think it's such a shame to see them fall out of the league um, and that being said you know 
Partick coming up to take their space. It's it's deserved. You know, they, they finished third in the league and, and that was on merit, as you, you said, Robbie. I think every game we played against them, in particular the, the, the home game that we played, we actually ended up playing at Kilsyth Rangers home ground, but it was like a midweek game against them and like it was as competitive as it comes. You know, it's like a, a fierce game and um, they're a good team. They've got good players. So, yeah, like it's a welcome addition to the league. I think it's at the expense of SWPL2 because, you know, SWPL2 is one of the most competitive leagues that, that I think is out there in, in the women's game in Scotland. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see how Partick get on and um, hopefully Forfar are, are in a position to be able to kind of rebuild and and not too long get themselves back into the women's the women's league setup. Yeah, definitely. There's also a, another note as well. It's a, a shame for them, for Partick, sorry, that they, they missed out on those kind of celebrations. The same, you know, the same as the, the other teams who got promoted have done because it's come in such strange circumstances. But I'm sure they'll be, be particularly excited for the season. Obviously, you, you were on that high, but now the, the new season's come around a bit, bit more quickly than maybe it usually would. So uh, let's see, are there targets and goals kind of already in place for this season ahead for you guys? don't think there's necessarily targets being set. I think as ourselves as players, we have set targets for ourselves. And as a club, we probably think of where we would like to be. There's not been anything set in stone, but as a team, we will work towards every game, take it as it comes and hopefully end up at what we expect or what we want to have got to by the end of the season. And also, Lucy, it must be a big boost for yourself coming into a team at high on confidence after being promoted. So there's so much to look forward to this season. We're playing against your old club, Glasgow City and Motherwell. How are you finding it so far? And also I heard that you've got, you've slightly changed positions as well in the last couple of games. Have you been enjoying uh, the change of position? Yeah, I've slightly changed. Naturally, I would play as a number 10 um, and just like to kind of be the higher player off, so just slightly off the striker and kind of link up play and then go on beyond go beyond the defence and then like play through balls and stuff like that. That's my natural instinct. But obviously, Gary saw me playing further back and played me as a six, which it has been good. I've actually enjoyed it. It's gave me a lot more time on the ball in terms of I've been able to get it more and then play different types of passes, which has definitely been good because I think that's what I like to do the most is get on the ball and do something with it. Whereas sometimes in a number 10, you can be slightly isolated and you don't feel you can kind of do much in the game. So it makes me probably a bigger part of the team playing there. And it is, it's been it's been good. I've enjoyed playing there. Um, and in terms of the season, I think it's a very exciting season for all of us to go and show what we can do. Certainly the girls have obviously helped promote the team up. They've go this is where we're supposed to be and this is why. And obviously the new players that have joined in, like myself and some of the others, it's for us to be able to go, this is where we should be as well. And playing against my own teams is, is always interesting because you've got something to prove to a certain extent. You go, if you've left there, you need to show why you're good enough to be at this team and why you're good enough to challenge. And I think that's what I think all of us will do because lots of people in our team will have played for different teams in that league. So every single person has that same kind of fight in them. When you go play your own team, you've got that kind of, not rivalry, but you do have a wee bit of it to go and say, no, this is this is me, this is what I can do. But, yeah, you want to give it a bit of extra 10%. Not yeah. like you know, normally, but you want to, especially, don't know the situations of players, like especially if you've been released or whatever, you might want to just get that winning goal over them or something. Yeah, definitely. I think if you've left clubs on good grounds, you don't really have that same 
same kind of need to win or that kind of like grit to win. But sometimes if you left on bad grounds or not the way you would have chosen, definitely. And obviously, it was a, a strong squad that got promoted last year and you've recruited well um, over the over the summer. Um, Nicola, I think it's a team that's really going to cause some damage uh, in this SWPL win this season and kind of turn some heads with some good results. Yeah, I think like it naturally happens at the end of a season. You know, players move on and new players come into the club. And I think, you know, we're in a good position to have been promoted. It attracts, you know, good quality players to the club, like Lucy and other girls that we've brought in. Like, we're going into the season, like, eyes open, like, under no kind of illusions that it's going to be easy. You know, the league's moving towards a professional status you know the number of teams that are within the league that have the the financial backing of maybe like their partner clubs like you know ranger celtic they're going professional you know they're, they're essentially full-time athletes and uh, it, it's going to be tough and and we know that um but as lucy's already touched upon you know we're not here to just make up the numbers um we're so, certainly not here to with a view to going back down at the end of the season um so our, our priority will be to make sure that we go and impose ourselves on the league as we know we can and you look at the league cup games so far you know we went to Spartans two weeks ago and drew with them and it was a competitive game and I think that the club you know the club and the squad that we've got will go and compete almost kind of as, as Lucy's already kind of touched upon it's that kind of mentality it's almost like underdogs you know like most of the games that we'll go into it'll be Let's see how Hamilton do. They've just came up from the league below. So we're well aware of that. And to be honest, we embrace that. Um, it'll give us a little bit extra kind of fire in the belly going into these games. And you want to be playing against the best teams. As individual players, you want to be playing against against the best players in the country. Um, so, yeah, we're looking forward to it. Did you feel like you got a good taste of that at Motherwell SWPL1 life last season, Lucy? Yeah, I definitely understood the challenge of playing first-time football, the strength that some of these girls have. Obviously, me being a fairly small person, um, coming up against some players, I'm like, all right. And it gave me a bit of a shock to go, you need to get yourself to this level or you need to work out ways that you don't have to come up against these challenges. So, yeah, I think it definitely helped me as a player. And hopefully I can just push on and do more to develop what I've can already developed, I guess. I definitely feel, Lucy, that in the SOPL one, it's probably even more crucial that the games can be won and lost in midfield. So having that little bit of learning curve and experience from last season and then taking it onto this season, it can only benefit Hamilton, but also yourself as well, because another year older and more experience. We can touch earlier on the SWPL Cup and it's been a, a strong start for, for yourselves, as you mentioned, coming back to get a 2-2 draw at Spartans and then a comfortable 3-0 win this weekend. You've got Glasgow City coming up next. That's going to be another another big test. How do you feel about that one going into it? Um, I think you, Glasgow City obviously have a status about them and everyone knows that. I think we're not expecting anything major off of them, but I think all we can do is just do our best and just try and do what we do and just try and stop them from doing what they do. I mean... It's one of those games that you could just kind of have to take it as it's going to be a hard game and we're just going to need to try and do the best that we can do. Yeah, Lucy, you touched on that and that's what I think with playing Glasgow City. I always say this, the reason they won the title last season ahead of the two other Glasgow clubs was because they had strength and depth and it does probably put fear into other teams when you see that they can have three players sitting not even on the bench that would walk into any other side, but... Really, just going into it with confidence that you just never know you could get something from the game. Because I remember watching 
Motherwell versus Glasgow City twice last season. The first game, Motherwell conceded six goals, six goals in set pieces that day. And then they played them about three weeks later and they stifled them. And Glasgow City really struggled to get through them. So if you play into their hands, then they can score goals. But if you stifle them, you just never know. And that's what you hope, but it can be a positive result. I played in that game. The game we lost 3-0. I, I played in it and I was playing against Crichton the full game. It, that was that was a it was actually a really bad game for Glasgow City. It wasn't them playing well at all, but we defended brilliantly. It was literally I think it was maybe seventy minutes, and then they managed to get a goal, and then they ended up got another one, and it came right off the bat of each other. And I think our heads just went at that point. But up until then, we just kept them in front of us. Genuinely, they just stayed in front of us and didn't allow them to break us down. Just pretty much done is. We didn't do a low block, but it was like a, it was just a block, and it was just like you're not getting past us, and that's pretty much done. And it forced them to try and play long balls through balls, and they were going all over the place. And I think that's the way you've got to play them. You've just got to go. You're going to beat us. We're not going to allow you to beat us in terms of we're not going to make any mistakes. You've got to do something good, and if they do something good, then fair play to them. I mean, some some of the stuff you, they do, you can't really stop. Nicola, I think um, Gary and Bobby should step aside for the team talk before that match and Lucy should uh, take over because she knows how to uh, stop for 70 minutes anyway. Coaching the weekend, now. I think she's like spot on, like I think at SWPL one level, like the game becomes a lot more tactical and that's where you really see, like, you know, I had a conversation with Gary, you know, just um, before the season started and it's it's about how you set up against teams and it's you know we showed in the running that we can score goals that we can go and win games but now going into this season it's just as much about being set up defensively and as Lucy said like you know being compact and not making mistakes and being able to frustrate other teams so it definitely I think there's a, like a tactical element that comes into it like a real a real tactical side to the game and trying to kind of outsmart the opposition and read what they're going to do and then kind of set up to to be prepared to deal with that. You, you touched right there, so Gary Doctor and Bobby Watson, also we've had a, a bit of interaction with them, like Bobby's on the podcast and stuff. How, how do you find them? They're, they seem such, you know, very pleasant people, but also just the intelligence as well. Uh, they seem like it's really a, a strong coaching coaching staff set up, basically. Yeah, the passion for the women's game, when we spoke to Bobby that day, and he's always messaging me about, like, things going on that he knows the women's football, and just love, love that. Does that reflect onto your team? Yeah, Bobby is like the sweetie wife. He's always the one that's got the tea. He knows what's happening. He's in the know. Um, but no, like the, as a coaching kind of pair, and obviously like Fiona Dainty's involved um, in the coaching setup as well, and just such a strong team. Like for me, in a personal um, point, you know, I'm going through my coach education at the moment, so you know that it's kind of twofold for me. Like I really enjoy being part of the the team and working under Gary because it's just so knowledgeable. Um, can really like pick his brains about know what we're doing why we're doing it and kind of read into that side of the game um and as you've already touched upon Robbie like Bobby is like the most passionate man about like women's football in the country I think he's just and you know what the game needs people like that and the game you know the game is going towards that professional um kind of route as I've already spoken about but you know it's important to remember that there's been a lot of really important passionate people that have driven the game on to get us to this point so yeah we're really fortunate to have have them in I've obviously been in for a few seasons and I've worked under Gary before at a previous club so I probably know them a little bit more than Lucy so I'll, I'll let Lucy give her opinion having only been in the door a, a couple of weeks 
No, I, I definitely agree with that with Bobby. I think you see it in training. See when he takes training, you just see how happy and how, like, it's just besotted by the actual game. Even when he takes drills, you can just tell by the the manner of how he takes it. You can just see that's what he really, really cares about, which is it's amazing training under that because if you've got someone that believes in you or believes in the team that much, it just boosts the team morale and confidence tenfold. And with Gary, just so calm and composed in near enough every situation, but so knowledgeable in terms of telling you what to do, giving you tiny little bits of advice here and there, which is really, really helpful. Even when you're in a game, just giving you little bits to be like, right, you need to do this. If you've not already clicked up on it or just being like, just simple things that he does, which has been really good. It's been really interesting coming in, obviously, because... You come in as a new player and I didn't know either of them previously. I knew Fiona previously because of national squads and kind of things like that. Um, but Gary and Bobby, I've never actually had the pleasure of meeting before. So they were both really, really welcoming and everything. And then as coaches, very impressed with how they've been so far. You feel that's very important when you move to a new club, not just gelling with your new teammates quickly, but gelling with the coaching staff and being on the same wavelength from day one? Oh, definitely, definitely. I think as soon as you start to feel comfortable, it allows you to express both your actual personality as well as playing football. It makes you feel just more comfortable in terms of doing everything. And I think that is really important. In a team environment, you need to have comfortable players because when you go onto that pitch, you can't have anyone that just goes into their shell. You can't because it ruins, especially as being a midfielder, as myself and as Nick as well, you feel the same way. If one part of the midfield isn't doing anything, the full midfield's exposed. And when the midfield's exposed, the defence is exposed. So I think being comfortable does transcend onto the football pitch in terms of players being able to kind of have a wee bit of freedom in terms of what they're doing and then also feel confident within themselves to kind of do those things. So, yeah, I think it's really, really important. And, and obviously, yeah, you kind of touched on the, the coaching side of things earlier, uh, Nicola. You are a coach yourself. You're going through kind of uh, advanced coaching badges. Uh, do you enjoy having that kind of balance between playing and coaching? I don't know if there's much of a balance. <laughs> I don't have much of a, a social life. Um, but no, I'm really enjoying it. Um, I'm working with a, an under-16 squad at the moment, which is probably the kind of perfect age group for me to be working with at this time because there's just the right amount of responsibility you know as, as a head coaching at that age group and having to manage all of that kind of side of things and then balance out my own playing um, so I'm, I'm very fortunate that um, you know the two kind of like go hand in hand that Gary is very understanding of you know that's probably the route that I'm, I'm going to go down and that I'm kind of getting towards that point in my career where I'll, I'll step into coaching um, you know as a side hobby rather than playing um, at some point so it's a bit of a balancing act you know the, the squad that I, I work with play games on Saturdays so at the weekend there I was you know at a game on the Saturday and then through to Hamilton on the Sunday so it's pretty full on but I'm really really enjoying it and for me to progress as a coach I need to kind of be doing it I guess it's like anything in life you know you're learning to drive like you need to be out practicing if you're learning to ride a bike you need to go out and actually be doing it to get any better so yeah I need to be doing like hands-on stuff but at the same time um, 
keeping myself kind of on the pitch ticking over like I, I got actually a really good um, piece of advice from like, a kind of coach mentor who said to me like you'll know when it's time to hang up the boots um, because you'll start to enjoy like the coaching side of things more than playing and like I'm not there yet and that was a conversation that I had with Gary at the start of the season that like I've still got the fire in the belly to go and play but if I can kind of do some coaching along the side and have it not impact either then that would be you know kind of appreciated and the club have been so supportive about that I think it's just another kind of positive to, to the club itself is that they are so you know supportive of players and what they have going on elsewhere in their lives so Lucy obviously you were the, the driving force behind the, the creation of the, the eyeballer football carnival uh, in, the, in the past can you, can you talk us through how that came about a wee bit Okay, yeah. Um, so that was um, me and my dad. We done that. Um, so what it was practically based on was it's just a, as it says a football carnival. So it was tons of different wee mini games that was just based around football stuff. There was some things that you'd saw like so. See on is it Saturday soccer or what? One of the games we hit up soccer game. That's it. Where you fling it off of the kind of wee bounce back whatever that's called the rebounder and then you tap the oh, top yeah. bins and there's wee oh, bits yeah. like that. unbelievable tattoos yeah. and all this stuff yeah you'd football te- you know so you'd football darts you'd football pool you'd football bowling there's tons of just different football games and it was just practically I think we were just giving me something to, to, to do as such giving me some form of job because obviously playing football you don't really have much time other than playing football um, so we made it and just kept it really fun and it was pretty much for like football parties and football teams would come and do it it, it was brilliant because my main job when the actual carnival was running was just to go around with the kids and just show them how to do the things and just interact with them and honestly some of the different characters that you got doing it was brilliant and then obviously you get some that were really really good at football and you're sitting going this is actually quite impressive and it was it was really good I ended up getting I think we went to we applied for Young Entrepreneur and I ended up making um, the last three for it and we went to a big uh, kind of ceremony like presentation type thing for it which was quite impressive I I didn't like we had to do an interview process not my thing we had to do them and honestly I had to go in three different rooms and we had to chat about it and you know that way when you're you just forget everything that what you are supposed to know. It genuinely just happened, and I'm just sitting there going. And my dad wasn't allowed in the room, and I wasn't allowed anything with me. Genuinely, just mind blank. I just try to come up with rubbish to explain it about it, but no, it was really, really fun. It must be something that you're massively proud of, though, because you were you were quite a young age at the time, I believe. And again, it, that's another thing as well that that interview sort of process can't have been fun. But I, I don't think I'd have managed that at, at that sort of age. No, I remember I had to get out of school to do it, and I must have been God, what age would have been? Would have been fifteen, maybe. I think fifteen or sixteen, maybe, when we'd first start doing it. And I loved the carnival bit. So you just interacting with the kids brilliant fun so easy there was no hassle whatsoever with that when I had to go to the interviews I was like right that you're kind of winding me up because I didn't know we were entered in it he all of a sudden just went oh you, you've been entered into this young entrepreneur of the year thing I genuinely he pulled up with it and then you've got to go and do interviews like oh that's great but no it was a great experience for me and it, it did help me become more comfortable with doing stuff like that definitely um and then obviously allowed me to 
to see that some form of like what Nick's doing is coaching, I probably would find an interest in it in future years because just interacting with the kids and seeing how happy they generally are over something that obviously I'm really passionate about myself was just pre- pretty cool. It's pretty cool. <laughs> Yeah, it, it definitely sounds really cool. I'd like you to bring it back, this football carnival, and invite us along. That sounds amazing. <laughs> oh, it was brilliant, honestly. Can all it's can all stop just before just before COVID happened? Obviously, my football was becoming too much to balance, so I couldn't really do anything. And also, see the people that done the kind of they took the people, the kids round the stations. They were all based around football players. So it was people I played with that were about my age and they would do it for us. So when football kind of started coming back, we all were busy at the same times and you couldn't get people to cover. But it was really, really fun. I mean, we still have a lot of the actual games. I mean, it was my last day at school. Well, was that maybe two months ago or something like that? And the girls were all up at my house and I even get them playing football darts and oh, everything yeah. in, in my back garden. So, yeah, it's, it was really fun. How do you play that? Oh, darts. Just kick the ball off the dartboard. Ah, it's a massive big, like, like, sticky things and the balls are, like, foam with, like, a kind of Velcro. It's like Velcro and it just sticks. So you just hit it and then you obviously do what you want. Most people just go for the bullseye. That's like the normal stuff. Yeah. And then you can actually play it to see who gets the most points. Them, I think they would just try to kick it at the board, to be fair to them. I mean, quite a lot of them kicked it over the fence and it was like rolling down. I've got a burn, like literally at the side of my road and it was like rolling down the burn, which wasn't too fun. But no, it was it was definitely good. Isn't that a common thing in, your, in childhood though when you're playing football in gardens on the street that to be over fences quite a lot? Oh, definitely. Constantly. Folk at school having to fetch the ball from like burns and rivers. And- it's like underneath the parked cars for me. Like if you're playing out in the street and then it's going under a parked car and you're having to try and get your legs underneath to, to get it out. And it's somebody's garden and you're kind of seeing them look out the window. You're just kind of hoping that, they, that you get there before the day before they come out and, and say anything to you. That is so true, Peter. That is very true. And we'll, we'll finish up with some quick-fire questions about the Hamilton squad and your teammates. So no pressure here. So we'll start with Lucy. Since, since you came in to the club, who's been the funniest player in the dressing room? Like the heart and soul of everything. Um, Ellie's pretty funny, to be fair. Well, um, Ellie Kane. Very funny. Yeah. yeah, I was saying that when her and Megan were on the podcast, like just... The humour in silliness just like Sean through. And I can imagine that coming through to the rest of the team as well. What about you, Nick? Yeah, Ellie Kane, so much nonsense in that girl's head. <laughs> but she just, you're right, like she's just energy. Like, doesn't matter if it's a Tuesday night, Thursday night, Sunday afternoon. Like, she's just the life and soul of it all. So, yeah, Ellie Kane, funniest girl on the team. Next question, who's, uh, this is probably a tough question, but... Who would you say is kind of the, the best trainer? Kind of puts in the, the extra hours, maybe goes the. I know that all of you will be great trainers. I'm you know not not meaning to, to slander anybody here, but who would you say is the is the best if you had to had to pick? Uh, Nick, you can go first. I think Nick might know this a bit better um, than me. Best trainer, it's a difficult one because you're right. Like like I wouldn't say there's anybody that's not a good trainer. Um, I think she's talking about like fierce. Always like 100 miles an hour at training, it'd be Josie. Like, Josie's also one at the end of the session. Gary's like, right, get the balls in, and she's still wanting to take shots. Um, so she would probably, uh, so she, she's always just still like, like lacing balls into the net. So, I, Josie would be my choice for that one. Yeah, as soon as she said that, I actually went, yeah, it's got to be. I mean, we're in doing little games, and I mean, Josie will run at you full speed ahead, and it'll be some small wee game, and just no worries about it. It's just 
we're playing football and that's it. And then it is, as you say, at the end of the games, constantly just hitting shots, just constantly the rest of us are all in and she'll just be sitting, just firing the balls. Ah, definitely. But I guess it's good to have players like that that set high standards and are always driving to be better as well. This might maybe lead on to last question asked about funniest player, but who would you say Lucy has the best music taste in the dressing room? Well, the only person I've heard play music is Ellie, because at Spartan she had the music on, and then against Glasgow Girls she had the music on. So by that, I guess I'd have to say Ellie, but I mean, I don't know who actually does have the best music taste. Don't, don't give her that. That'll do our ego something terrible. Yeah, but you're right. Lucy's right in what she says is that we actually can't answer that question because nobody else gets a chance to actually play any other music. <laughs> I think I think there was like we tried to make like a like a team playlist at some point, mm-hmm. but I think it just naturally evolves into just Ellie's playlist. I think Josie got a hold of the Ox one game and got absolutely slated for it. So it's been Ellie ever since. What sort of tunes is that, that Ellie decides to play? Is it a mix or is it a certain genre? I'll do a shame I'll do a shameless plug here for the Aki's games. If you want to hear the playlist, get yourself along to a game and you'll hear it pre-match. Mm. Hey. Is it her playlist that plays over the Tannoy? Yeah, like that's her speaker. Fair play to Ellie because when I have been there at New Douglas Park for games, the music has been very uplifting and catchy going. So <laughs> see if you actually look <laughs> if you actually look up into the stand behind where the team is, you'll probably see Ellie dancing to the music as well. So <laughs> one to look out for. I certainly will. And the penultimate question, which is a bit of fun to, to maybe grasp up a teammate here, but I don't know if you've, I don't know how to word this question, but what we would just say is the biggest liability in the squad, like the most likely to get set off or do something stupid. Daftest, basically. Is that, is that the way of putting it? Yeah, maybe the I'm going to let Lucy answer this question because she's only been in a few weeks and see what she says and then I'll say after. Okay. Um, I'm trying to think who's the angriest to t- say to many people to calm down. I think Quigs I've had to say quite a few times. Megan, quickly, I've had to kind of go, right, wrap it. But other than that, I don't think I've actually said to many of them. I think Josie could maybe be one. She could maybe go off in one because she gets angry quite quickly. But I think I would probably need to say Megan just off of what I've what I've saw. Yeah, Craig's she's just got so much like energy and passion for the team. But yeah, I think she she has had one or two um red cards since I've been in the squad. But very, very talented player. But yeah, she's the one normally Lucy said that you're usually having to have a wee word in her ear and just say, just calm down. Every team needs that. Oh, listen, Robbie, see having that alongside you in the middle of the park, it's like a dream. Like, you want someone like that playing alongside you in the middle. I think that's like you balance each other out. Lucy and I are there to try and calm things down. I'm very much. <laughs> okay, so for our final question, and this is coming directly from your club, but uh, we've, we've, been, we've been told to ask this okay. favourite West Lothian bus driver? Well, that's for Nick. I, th- I think yeah. now, listen it, it depends it depends what kind of day it is uh, Clinny will get you to the game or training like she's you know she's uh, gets, you, gets you there on time Noddy's very safe she's a safe driver provides good chat um, but Kay Mack always provides the snacks she brings like the Percy Pigs I'll rule myself out of this one I'll, I'll base it on the other three drivers obviously I would be the best otherwise if I wasn't selecting from them um, but yeah no, they all, they all bring something to the party give them all their equal shout out because I'll be honest when I, when I saw that I had no idea what we were meaning by this but okay that, it's all become clear now there's four of us that travel uh, from West Lothian and we just kind of take turns about 
uh, to do that. So, and it's one of the things that that's really kind of helped. Like certainly for me, anyway, with everything else I've got going on, you know, having someone to kind of share with on the the kind of journey back after training and stuff like that, like a bit of chat and just takes a bit of the pressure off with the travel. So, I can just get the sense from both of you that it's a really exciting and welcoming club to be around. But just before I wrap up, so I to ask Lucy this: Have you heard of um, Gary Doctor's Wheel of Misfortune? Am I insane that's a, a thing, Nicola? Yeah, it's, I've not heard it. I was going to say, like, it's not made an appearance yet this season, um, but maybe after this podcast, it'll prompt him to get it back out and involved. But yeah, the Wheel of Misfortunes, um, it's an interesting one. I don't think I've been stung by it too badly so far since I've been at Aki's, but um, yeah, definitely one Lucy that I'm sure Gary will get involved at some point this season. Well, well looking at Lucy's face here, I think maybe we need to ex- do a bit of explaining to her and tell her. What the wheel of So usually, like, there's a list of like it's not like it's like a fine system, but it's like not fine. Oh, so yeah. basically, like, if something happens, so like, you, I don't know, like, you forget you forget to bring something to training or something like that, then it'll be like wheel of misfortune. You spin the wheel, and then whatever it lands on, and there's like loads of different things on the wheel. So it's like one of them's like buy all the coaches a coffee, or like one of them might be like you have to like collect all the kit in for the week and like take the footballs like up for the training pitch or whatever. Um, and then some of them are like no, like no fine. So like you land on that, and then Gary's gutted because then actually you've got away with it. Um, but then there's other <laughs> ones where it's like pass it on to a teammate. So like you pull that one out, and you're like, Ooh. all right, well I pass it on, and then somebody else. Has to like spin the wheel so uh, it's, it's not made an appearance yet Robbie but I think um, after hearing this you'll maybe have to get back involved <laughs> yeah I think it should be back involved it sounds a whole lot of fun but just speaking a whole lot of fun it's been great to have you both on the podcast today a massive thank you to Lucy and Nicola for coming to speak to us and Peter as well for being a great co-host best of luck for the rest of the season and hope to see you again very soon thank you very much thanks guys